In the People's Corner, hailing from Corrupticate, the unconstitutional state, the undisputed super heavyweight, 400 plus pounds, civil rights advocate, the Italian stallion. Nope. The Italian Clydesdale. Too big and chubby to be a stallion. Okay, it's a big club and we ain't in it. Like to open this one up, see if we get some folks interested. George Carlin calls it out. <laughs> and who owns America? Has anyone else seen that uh, YouTube video? There you have it. Who owns America? George Carlin. Highly recommended. Um, now, what is he? I put up a meme of George. Okay. The real reason that you can't have the Ten Commandments in a courthouse. <laughs> you cannot post, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, and thou shalt not lie in a building full of lawyers, judges, and politicians. It creates a hostile work environment. Amen, George. George Carlin, the modern-day prophet. Boy, I'll tell you what. I can 110% vouch for that um some of you've heard me before on jenny hatch where i covered the four legal arrests i got dropped in four years never took a plea bargain as a reported crimes every police report was a total fraud and they've really stepped on their own toes here the state police troop by the shelton police the milford police the trumbull police why because other agencies way above them investigated, like the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, who sent me a thank you letter for assisting her investigation of the Catholic Church. Gee, reporting a pre-sexual assault in Connecticut gets you arrested for harassing people. Stranger than fiction, but corrupticate. Is 51% Catholic demographically. It's one of the founding states of, you know. And we have Yale Law School, Yale Divinity School, Yale Psych, Harvard Law, Harvard Divinity, Harvard Psych. I don't know how they combine the law schools with the divinity schools, like George Carlin says. You, you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> oh, that's right. That's Matthew 23, the seven woes of hypocrites, where Jesus chastises the high priests and the lawyers of the time, the scribes. Nothing much has changed in over 2,000 years. Yep, and what's the difference between a prostitute and a lawyer? A prostitute will stop screwing you when they're dead. I didn't make that joke up. That's been in movies. <sighs> Yeah, I'm angry because when I'm reporting crimes in a state that's ruled by a legal mafia of corrupt lawyers, politicians, and clergy, we got a big problem here. Now, who else validated me? Uh, it took a couple of years. All these investigations take time, and that's the Department of Justice. The U.S. Attorney's Office, Deidre Daly, did indeed indict Joe Castellano, the CPA in my father's probate matter. And you can find that press release online just by DOJ 
CPA, Castellano, Joe Castellano. Now, that's enough. DOJ, Castellano, I'm sure you'll find it. He got in prison for fraud and Ponzi scheme. Interesting, though, he got indicted for 20 to 30 years, but he only got five with three years probation, which means he squealed. He had to give up something. And I can tell you who his co-conspirators are. Four corrupt judges, an executor, an attorney, and according to the probate clerks, Castellano did a lot of accountings for them. So what you have here is the tip of an iceberg of a racketeering act. A lot of people getting rich, enriching themselves off of estates uh, of the dead and screwing beneficiaries. But could I get the police to do anything about it and investigate? Nope. Won't do it. Not in Corrupticate. Not the Shelton Police, Trumbull Police, Milford Police, nobody. Court operations, judicial, marshals. I've complained to all of them. Oh, I got arrested trying to get complaints to the Access to Justice Commission. If anyone knows anything about the criminal civil system, the Access to Justice Commission is supposed to be there for the disabled, indigent, pro se litigants, minority litigants. You don't have to be all those categories, by the way. But I got three out of four. And they had me arrested. This is how corrupt it is. These government agencies are nothing but false flag operations that cover up for the corruption. That's exactly what they are. That's exactly what they are. How do you arrest me reporting crimes repeatedly? Fortunately for me, the DOJ, the Attorney General's Office of New York, bang, corroborate my, my, you know, what I'm saying. Not local, though. Not state, corrupticate, state's attorneys, malicious prosecutors, uh, corrupt public defenders. You know, your public defender is supposed to zealously, truthfully, and loyally represent you. That means getting sworn statements from good cops and acquiring police reports uh, and uh, by cops who, like, that would exonerate you. I have a state trooper, Belize, who wrote a five-page report, full cybercrime investigation, no criminal activity by me. Our prosecutors buried that through two prosecutions and forced me into a psych ward. They buried the... State Troopers Cybercrime Investigation because I wouldn't take a nolly because I was countersuing people and prevailing, suing the people when I got cases dropped. So they didn't want to drop another case because that left court operations and judicial wide open that were in the state uh, police troop eye. You see, when you're fighting criminal matters, uh, knowledge is power, and I, I've gone into all this in the past and how I've done this. But the, the point I'm trying to make is, so they didn't want to drop the case because that leaves everybody wide open liability-wise. So they couldn't drop it. I refused the nolly, which is, you know, hangs over you for 13 months. And you can't nolly out. When I'm reporting crimes, you can't nolly out because I've never committed a crime. I'm reporting the crimes. So when these outside agencies started to come through, those state attorneys, of course, they had to, you know, cover their own ass. So they put me through compavals, shrinks, puppets for the state, 
not not my DPH licensed providers. No, they ignored all that evidence, and they used what they called Department the Mental Health Addictive Services puppets to claim I was delusional and bipolar and incompetent to go to trial. So now we're not talking anymore about the crimes I'm reporting. It's that I can't assist a public defender. There's nothing to defend. The police are mandated reporters for crime. They're supposed to investigate. No, it's too corrupt here. We got to protect the child molesting, pedophile, pederasty Catholic Church in this corrupt state. Yale Law School, Yale Divinity School, Harvard Law School, Harvard Divinity School, the Knights of Columbus Tower in the Haven, the home of the Knights of Columbus for the whole United States. Most cops and firemen are knights, especially the Catholics. They get a better insurance rate. I mean, you know, holy shit. This is corrupticate. So anyway, the unconstitutional state. So I can go into more into my cases, but the bottom line is, that's a matter of fact. Four cases, criminal cases against me dropped in four years. I'm the first one to get one year over year, according to the former chief deputy public defender, Brian Carlo, who wrote emails to the supervisor public defender in Milford Courthouse that he would testify on my behalf. And that everything I said about the perjuries and the fraud of the Demas officials, Department of Mental Health Addictive Services, who testified against me, everything I said was absolutely true. And that he would testify on my behalf. So oh, they had to dismiss they had to dismiss the last case, just like the prior three. Now, I withdraw all my civil suits from state court without prejudice, so there's no double jeopardy. Because you know what? You hear that old saying, you can't fight... City Hall, you can't fight state corruption in state court. You got to go to district court. You got to go to the feds. And I have federal subject matter jurisdiction to do that. But my disabilities progress to the point where I can't get to court anymore. I got to have some surgeries, try and get back to court with statute of limitation waivers under, you know, extreme medical circumstances and see if they'll, but you know what? They're so corrupt though. Look what they did to Donzinger with the, the adverse Chevron in Texaco, who won in the Ecuadorian courts and the Superior and Appellate courts. Tech, you know, Chevron wasn't happy with that, that he won $9.6 billion for the victims of their pollution, like Aaron Brockovich movie, you know. So, and civil action up in Warburg, Mass. That's another based on another true story. John Travolta and Robert Duvall find that movie online, Civil Action. That's based on a real story in Woburg, Mass, by the way. So, of course, what did they do to Donzinger? Oh, boy, he had to appear in court, and the judge was completely corrupt, and the opposing counsel, puppets for Chevron, of course, who runs this country, who runs the world, right? The transnational corporations and, uh, let's see, BlackRock, Vanguard, Stage Street, all their freaking tools, and those above them, and only God knows who they all really are. We have some idea, right? All we got to do is look at their other uh, puppeteers, the World Economic Forum, or puppets. There's so many levels, aren't there? Of puppeteers and puppets and puppeteers and puppets. You know, they just go on and on and on. Anyway, where was I? 
loss in the puppeteering and the three-dimensional chess, uh, the spinning plates of the whole system. So, you know, I could talk more and more about my individual cases that, that they're just emblematic. And I'll tell you what, it's an oligarchy masquerading as a rapaciously corrupt duopoly. Don't fool yourself. There's, there's no such thing as right and left. I mean, there's party politics, but who's behind them all? Who's behind them all? So think about it. Think about it. The Princeton uh, Northwestern study, Professor Gillens and Page, respectively, 20-year study. Basically, Congress doesn't care what you think. The votes all go line, along with their donors, their, their, you know, the lobbyists. Of course, they write the laws. Not the congressmen. The congressmen don't write the laws. The lobbyists write the laws. You know, the revolving door between K Street and, you know, Washington, the, the Capitol. We all know the story. We've heard it over and over again. I don't know. Some people say on the grassroots level that you can get some change, you know, in your state. Thomas had some really good things to say about Ohio. It's fascinating. Listen to him. But uh, we have a supermajority of Democrats here, Governor Ned Lamont and the majority in the House and Senate of Democrats, and they can't even pass the um, a bill to help uh, the disabled against predatory business practices to uphold our civil rights. Of course they could. It's called HB 7222, House Bill 7222, where Attorney General Tong, the Attorney General of Connecticut, could personally represent people like me who are disabled. Try and get a lawyer when you're indigent. Forget about it. Forget about it. I've tried. Try to get a lawyer when you're going up against big hitters like the Catholic Church, corrupt law firms. There's more. I mean, hotel credit card banksters. Try. Ain't happening. Even if you have good money, you got to have a ton of money. So if you're indigent, forget it. So I lobbied for this bill along with other people because I was constantly in touch with House uh, representatives and state senators. And I lobbied for this bill, including the Attorney General's office. And the bill was written by Attorney General Tong. I had my civil suits. I was prevailing in civil. I told everybody I was going to withdraw them without prejudice and file them in federal. And uh, I would see everybody in federal. So I went on, and I've never lost a civil suit ever. Four civil suits. I just won every arguable motion over a year and a half. So I knew exactly what they were going to do in federal. And then I withdrew them without prejudice so I could follow them in federal. Where I have more bang because the magistrate judge could assign me attorneys. Whereas in state court and civil, you represent yourself. So anyway, but my disability has caught up with me. I, I can't drive anymore. And with COVID, I got major comorbidities. I'm like, I'm not dying ending up in a hospital on a ventilator and now on remdesivir, the renal failure drug. No, thank you. So here I am. So I'm taken to the airwaves like I always have. 
And what can I tell you? Uh, so anyway, so where was I? Attorney General Tong. Oh, yeah, HB 7222. So the Connecticut Business Industry Association, what's called the CBIA for short, you can go on their website where they talk about you know, uh, basically crushing negative bills. Negative bills. The bill where Attorney General Tong could help the disabled indigent parties against predatory business practices. Oh, the Chamber of Commerce and CBIA, Connecticut Business, business Industry Association, had to crush that one. We live in a rapaciously corrupt duopoly. The right and left wing are part of the same corrupt bird, in my opinion. Or another way to put it, the right cheek and the left cheek are part of the same dirty ass. The filth. Filth. So, you know, I go on some of the call-ins and good people arguing about party politics, and I just shake my head and go, watch Jimmy Dore. <laughs> he says, I've been saying this for years. He says the same thing. I fought it in court. I've, I've, I've lobbied through the legislature. I've reported to authorities. All you who've heard me before know what I'm saying. And the bottom line is Jimmy Dore is saying it loud and clear. We have an oligarchy. Chris Hedges says the same thing. Cornell West. We don't have a democracy. We don't have a government of, by, and for the people. That's self-evident. So I'm a little perplexed because I know people have a good intent, but when I hear them arguing about the libs or, you know, the MAGAs, I'm like, why? Why? They want to divide us, keep us divided, polarize us. Those who really pull the strings. Why are we fighting with one another? Let's come on together on common ground, like workers' rights. You know? Richard Wolff, who is a very esteemed economist, made this assessment that Sabi Sabs talked about, which I totally concur, that as a single um, income earner, to have a, 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 an income where you can support a family of two kids, you need to make $40 an hour. If you have two income, you know, two people working $25 an hour each, and that the minimum wage would have to be somewhere in the $30, $34 range or so, depending on where you live, even higher. How does he come up with that? Well, the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, does not include housing. It's staple goods. And even that's rigged. You all know it. You go shopping. Is it 9%? Really? Is that all you've seen? Groceries and gas go up? Of course not. And then if you add in housing, for example, a lot of people know that back in the 60s, like where my dad bought his house, and mom, you buy a house for under 20 grand, 16, 20 grand, and then sold uh, 50 years later for nearly $480,000. So the average price of a home, you know, like Sabi Sabs was saying, where she lives is around 500 grand. Same about where I, well, where my parents are, not where I were, a suburb, not a wealthy suburb, middle-class suburb of Bridgeport, which was a thriving manufacturing town, isn't anymore. But the point I'm trying to make is, is all the outsourcing, it's a sacrifice zone. But the point I'm trying to make is the CPI does not include your housing costs, be they mortgage or rent. 
But I think, best I recall, my parents are saying they're only spending 60, 80 bucks a month. They may have refinanced and went up to 80 for, for, for a mortgage. And uh, uh, of course, they, they, they bought the house for $16,000, you know? And so, like George Carlin says, the American dream, you have to be asleep to deliver, to believe in it, right? Well, it's the same thing on a world level. There's the same players, B of A, the banksters, right? Well, who owns them? You know, a lot of people call it, you know, the Illuminati, whatever name you want to have for it. There, there definitely is a multi-generational lineage of a cabal. You can't deny it. All you got to do is look at the royal family and the British Empire, right? Western Europe, where the banksters come out of London City. I mean, and we know it's there. The Vatican, right? The Vatican, Vatican City, and then Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia. Right? And of course, don't forget, you know, it's always perplexing to me that people can just look back and go, oh, China has been an ally with, with transnational corporations. Of course, we had the, remember NAFTA, Ross Perot? NAFTA, NAFTA, you don't want that. You're going to hear a giant sucking sound. Our jobs are going to go to Mexico, then to Asia. And look what happened. Right? North American Free Trade Agreement. Well, that who lobbied for that? Both the right and left wing. That was bipartisan. Transnational corporations ship the jobs wherever there's very little labor regulation, large labor pool, and little if no environmental regulation, and continue to dump and pump procedures. Or God forbid we enforce any labor laws or environmental regulations. Oh, can't manufacture in America anymore. Got to go to Mexico, then to China, then to India, and then who knows throughout you know the hemisphere, Pakistan. I don't know where they manufacture everything, but you know what I'm saying. So we had the, you know. After the NAFTA, the Beijing Free Trade Agreement, the Asian Free Trade Agreement, the Trans-Pacific Pact, and like you know, we've heard that, I can't even do it loud enough, you know, the giant sucking sound, just like Ross Perot said, millions and millions and millions of jobs outsourced, and all the supportive economy deflated. So you have Bridgeport, it's a perfect example of a sacrifice zone, and lots of, you know, steel cities, Pittsburgh, you go to Carolinas, it's, let's see, it's interesting. From what I understand, the Carolinas furniture factories were the big thing, right? And then in Bridgeport, Connecticut area was, uh, you know, mostly a manufacturing hub for military and armament and appliances, General Electric, uh, Remington Arms, just to name a couple, Sikorsky's aircraft, you know, the Stratford tank engine factory, which is still there, by the way, in Stratford Main Street. You had the Remington Arms uh, shop factory down in town Bridgeport off uh, Helen Street. It's still there. All these old buildings are, you know, they look like hell. They're abandoned. Of course, you can imagine. 
Paul Newman called Bridgeport the armpit of America. Now, he used to live in Westport, very wealthy, affluent, coastal uh, town uh, down the 95 towards New York. So, you know, it's urban decay, the same everywhere, right? I mean, other than Silicon Valley, you know, but look what happened in Flint, Michigan. It's not just the water. They lost the Delphi plant, went to Mexico, and majority of that Delphi plant was leveled. And according to Fahrenheit 9-11, actually military used it as target practice. From what I recall in Fahrenheit 9-11, wasn't that the movie? Let me think. Now, Fahrenheit 9-11, that, that, that was about, that was about Flint. I'm sorry. Fahrenheit 9-11 was about 9-11. And what those first responders went through regarding healthcare. There's a perfect example of predatory capitalism. Now, people are like, oh, you must be a communist. You're a Russian sympathizer. No, I'm talking about predatory capitalism. This is not a representative democracy, right? I got one for you. Christian socialism. I was reading about that, stumbled on it. it was a movement oh, years ago in the early 1900s. Christian socialism. What would Jesus do? Would he put prophets before people? I don't think so. It's not what he says in the Gospels, right? Yet somehow it blows my mind. All these rich capitalists are like, they're devout Catholics, a lot of them. Well, just look at the Catholic Church. What an abomination to God that is. Holy shit. They got more wealth than almost anyone else on the, anyone else on the planet, right? between their properties and their gold and the Vatican Bank and only God knows. But you got to give them more money. George Carlin, right? George Carlin, what does he say? Religion is bullshit. Now, I do believe in a higher power. I don't go all the way along with that. But most of that is, in my opinion, is funny and right on point. So anyway, so I know I'm singing to the choir, but I, I have to wonder, why would we be arguing about party politics? Identity politics. It makes no sense to me. None. Let's look above that. Who's really the puppeteers? And what do we have to do to wrestle back some, you know, a government that's more of by and for the people? I don't have answers. You know, you used to think you can go and strike and force change, but boy, it didn't work out for John Deere and Kellogg and actually it hasn't worked out that well for Amazon from what I understand. I was watching a video, can't remember who put it out. But basically the Amazon workers were saying that, no, they got to get permission to go pee still. And they're, they're, you know, they're, they're still, the, the union hasn't created great change because it's too weak, right? There's such a late, people are so desperate. This, they gotta, they, those frigging corrupt predatory capitalists, predatory capitalists. Oh, I must be a Nazi. I must be a socialist. I mean, oh, Christian socialism. Hey, anybody who can't acknowledge that God said to love your neighbor and love God with all your heart, mind, soul, might, everything you got, and love your neighbor as yourself, the two greatest commandments, according to the Lord, is the same. It's brotherly love. So who can say 
We should put profits before people. And people like Jeff Bezos should get rich, 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 fly up in the air, do whatever he wants to do. Meanwhile, his workers are struggling and working under very difficult conditions or Purdue, you know, the, the meatpacking facilities, you name it. The factory farms, the, it's, it's all, we know how it is. It's unbelievable. It's like we're frog is on a kettle, you know? We survive, we adjust, and we look at this. It's a nightmare. Really, it is. The Love Canal, the Calahuga River on fire 10 times, going into Lake Erie. Oh, well, that started the EPA. Look what it took. I tell you what, I used to work for companies that did environmental remediation. They're, the, wow. A lot of those sites haven't been cleaned up. And the 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 what are called um, cluster illnesses, right? The leukemias, the cancers, the the oh, all kinds of problems. And so you ask yourself, what's wrong with these people? You know, they're so greedy. They're so they're seven deadly sins. You know, they're so full of that. They forget we all die someday. Even Jack LaLanne died. Any old enough to know who Jack LaLanne is? I am. Even Jack LaLanne died. He was a fitness guru, by the way. Juicer, fitness guru. Guy was a phenom. 80 years old. He, like, towed a boat behind his back with his hands tied behind his back, doing a flipper kick. And he had people in the boat. I forget what he swam across, some treacherous body of water. And he gets to the coast, and he... 80 years old, and he does this crazy amount of sit-ups and push-ups. He was like a phenom. I think it was insane. Well, he, 16 years later, he was dead. None of us are going to be here forever. I mean, he lived till 96, but eventually he had to go, like every pharaoh. You know, where's the profit of man? Again, the riches of the entire world and sell his soul. I think you know, some of these people think they're going to use transhumanism and they're going to live forever. I don't know. I don't want that. I'm looking forward to passing on and seeing what's on the other side. I don't know about you. Why would I want to stick around here forever? Satan fell with one-third the angels to rule we're civilization. Here we are. Jesus said, I'm not of this world. Now, somebody might say, well, I'm a Muslim and I'm a this. I'm just, look, I don't think God has a brand name. I really don't. Just my opinion. It's all in the heart. No king nor slave, nor Jew nor Gentile, nor male nor female. We're all one in Christ's sacred heart. Some people say Christ consciousness. You know, the Muslim religion reveres Jesus as a prophet. I, I, you know, I'm not God. I'm not going to figure it out. But I know when I'm around people who are trying to do good and help one another, and that's what we gravitate, gravitate towards, right? And so, hey, you know what? They have their reward. They have their reward. They've sold their soul. And so, I don't know how to fix it. I tried through the courts, banging my head against the wall. And if I wasn't disabled now and, and I, I could get to court, I, I would be in federal. But after seeing what they did to Donzinger, See, you got to go to mediation. You never win otherwise. They won't let you win. Look what they did to him. I don't even know what's going to happen with that case. 
they won in the Ecuadorian courts and the appellates, but Chevron Texaco won't pay out. And if you remember the move in Aaron Brockovich, where a lot of the victims wanted to go to court because they lost loved ones and loved ones got sick. And in the movie, the well, the fellow playing uh, Julie, Julia Roberts' boss in the movie, in the in the meeting with the people, he said, listen, listen, Exxon Valdez spill. At that point, he goes, 16 years, they still haven't gotten their money. 16 years, they still haven't gotten their money, Exxon Valdez. He said, that's because they insist on going to court because then it's appealed. Even if you win it, there's an appellate process. He says, you got to go through mediation. A lot of people will be dead by then. A lot of you are sick. A lot of you are ailing. You know, you need the money now. It's not going to do you any good 16, 20 years from now. If you're not here or you're bankrupt and you're where you're living, that's how they do it. It's all leverage. It's all abuse of power. I don't know how to wrestle it back. I don't think it's possible to be with you. I, you know, I think evil is rising, keep rising. I believe in revelations. And I think the four horsemen upon the earth, the four, first falls, four seals, I believe are broken. And we're in the midst of the fifth seal, the time of martyrs. And then there'll be the sixth. It may be a meteoric uh, collision with the earth, which has happened before. One large enough to make a difference. Maybe a giant volcano or several of them. You know, who knows? I don't know. But I think something's going to be ring about a cataclysm that's going to be akin to biblical uh, cleansing. That's what I think. It's just too far afield. It's too way off now. I, I don't see us being able to wrestle it back. I really don't. And I don't think... I, well, here's another way to look at it. We're one little speck of sand in this grand universe. There's got to be other life forces. Has to be other life forms, I should say. And forces. Some embodied, some disembodied. And this is just a little speck of time right here in this one little speck of sand. There's a much bigger plan at hand. And yes, we're meant to fight for justice. We're meant to fight evil with good. And that's the point. It's a test. It's a battle zone. In my opinion, it's a test. The training zone for a soul, it's like, you know, in order to get stronger, the soul has to be tested. Did you ever see a movie, Defending Your Life with Meryl Streep and Albert Brooks and Rip Torn? There you go. Or even like Groundhog Day. I think that's another good, has a lot of good, lessons and morals and it's, it's inspiring it's all about love right loving one another all the stages bill murray went through on groundhog day right can represent all of maybe maybe many lifetimes who's to say a lifetime isn't our our, our evolution from who knows what form to wherever that's the way i see it Jesus said, John the Baptist is Elijah come again. And I think there's been books edited from the Bible. I don't know. I'll never know until I get to the other side with the mysteries of this world. Right? There's a saying in the Gospels, you know not whether the wind cometh or goeth, 
You know not what how the bones are formed in a mother's womb with child. You know not the ways of God. Amen. Well, nice talking to you, Charlie. Guess other people, they know I don't get into party politics. And I push the envelope on a lot of things. And I want to say to Charlie, I don't know if you're a monitor, but I appreciate this platform, being able to talk about the vaccines, even being able to talk about the AJ trials. And I think I make some viable observations, try and be objective and ask some very important questions. You know, that's what free speech is all about. That's what this platform's about. That's what it should be. And there's a lot of people who agree with me. But we've entered into an era of uh, extreme censorship and threats of punitive actions and or lawsuits and all kinds of things. And we're seeing it play out now. The Ministry of Truth. And I don't know much about Orwell, but from what little bit I've read or listened to audio or understand, this is this is crazy. Or Albert is a Alex Huxley, Brave New World. You know, Yuval Harari, the little evil puppet for Klaus Schwab, figure puppet. Who knows who's above him, the real puppeteers. Um, God, listening to him, Yuval Harari's. They sure picked two ominous-looking villains, didn't they? I mean, I'm, but, you know, they wield a lot of power. Actually, it's those above him that wield the power, and actually, it's, I would say, it's the evil of this world that runs that show. You know what I mean? But anyway, I'm 62 could live a lot longer. All my vitals are excellent. Got all my teeth, got most of my hair. But I got to have both hips replaced, back surgery, football. Don't your babies grow up to be football players. Ain't worth it. She enlisted grandma. She said, play, Billy, play, but play piano. I was like, play piano? Why would I want to play piano? She said, you'll be just like Liberace. You have all the pretty women. And I was like, grandma, have you seen Liberace? I said, I'm like Liberace. I love all the pretty men. I don't want to be like Liberace. Nothing, nothing personal. But I don't want to be like Liberace. <laughs> so, of course, I was young and dumb and played football. They don't tell you how... <laughs> Twelve of the guys I played with are dead. It's a true story. Who's in a wheelchair? Who needs joint replacement like me? And I'm only 61, 62, soon, September 29th. So I'm a Libra. Try and see all sides of things. Sometimes that upsets people. They don't understand. That's our nature as Libras. We want to see balance. We want to examine both sides. We want to, like, what's going on over here? Why do these people feel this way? What are they trying to say? What's going on? But of course, that's hard to do, you know? For a lot of fun. I look at the MAGA people, you know, and I think, well, you want a time when unions were strong, obviously, right? Obviously, who wouldn't want that? I tell you, who doesn't want it, and who doesn't want an educated populace? The people who, who run the transnational corporations. 
That's what George Carlin says in Bones America. It's true. They don't want that. People want it. Right? So where can we reach common ground? I mean, it's a populist message, right? And we're all fed up with, well, the, the bottom line is, it's just like Malcolm X said about the Republicans and Democrats. You know what I mean? It's, it's the same. Democrats are worse because they, 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 they talk liberalism. They talk like, you know, hope and change, right? But they're, they're no different. They're no different. Republicans, you know where they stand, they're right up front, you know? Well, for the most part, not entirely. But, you know, anyway, I'm singing to the choir. Okay, so what time, how long have I been doing this? 40 minutes. I think I've spoken enough. My friend Sean Shaw says, keep it under an hour, Bill. I said, okay, Shaw. And no one's interested in talking to Bill today. I think um, maybe my message about Alex Jones upset some people. But if someone took the time to listen to it, hey, I'll touch on it again. Why not? I got 40 minutes. I got uh, 20 minutes left before it's an hour. Okay, let's be objective. Statute of limitations. How is it upsetting people if I'm talking about the statute of limitations, the way the court's supposed to work versus what we're seeing? A lot of it doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense to me. But the courts aren't going to make sense, right? Just like, just like the meme I put up. Let me repeat that. The real reason you're going to have the Ten Commandments in the courthouse, you cannot post, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, and thou shalt not lie in a, in a building full of lawyers, judges, and politicians. It creates a hostile work environment. Amen, George. Right? There you have it. So this is very strange what's happening. 10 years after Sandy Hook, just short of 10 years, now there's civil action? Why now? First of all, why now? Why wasn't it done a whole lot sooner? Right? If you want to silence somebody, it should have been done ASAP. I mean, that's how you reduce re-traumatization. So this is just, it's kind of like, let me make people go, oh God, you're going to talk about 9-11. Listen, there's some huge red flags. Like, where was NORAD? How did these planes penetrate the safe, most protected airspace in the world? Don't tell me everybody's out on a training exposition. That's freaking nonsense. And how do people who trained on Cessnas fly huge jetliners, passenger jetliners, and maneuver in ways that experienced pilots on flight simulators can't pull off? Especially since when you get at lower altitudes, th th those planes can't technically fly as fast as they claim that they did because they'd break up due to forces. I mean, you know, all you got to do is listen to John Lear, the former CAA pilot. I mean, I'm getting off topic here. But but Lear Jets, that was his father. Okay, so getting back to, to, to this, there's some things right up front. Like, where are all the arrests of all the people who 
allegedly harassed and threatened these poor parents. You know, I've heard people say, well, you know, someone comes to your door selling Bibles, you can't have them arrested or let's say vacuums. Of course not. You can ask them to leave, not come back. If they keep coming back, you can say, look, if you keep coming back, I'm going to call the police. I really don't want you bothering me. I'll have you arrested for trespassing and harassment. Call the police. They'll probably show up if this guy's a zealot. You know, tell him the same thing and ask him to stop. If he doesn't, they'll arrest him. But if someone comes to your door berating you and threatening you, bang. You, not, not, I didn't mean bang, bang, you're going to shoot him. I mean, bang, they, that, that's a criminal charge. That's criminal. You feel harassed. They came with the intent to harass you and berate you. That's the definition of harassment. If they make a physical threat, that's threatening. That's a felony. So first question I have is, Sandy Hook's not a large town. It's not New York City. So one would think, even if Sandy Hook was broke, which it's not, it's in Newtown, Connecticut, pretty affluent area. It's not rich, but bottom line is appeal to the public. We need money for surveillance cameras on the streets, downtown, at the parents' homes. We need uh, extra patrol cars. So even unmarked cars, whatever we want, we need, we need to help, you know, protect and serve the public. Because now we've got a national tragedy and we need financing to do a better job of policing to protect the parents. And there would have been money, money flooding from the federal government, not to mention people would have donated whatever they could. Right? So where are all the arrests? I'm investigating. That's the Fordham University has a master's degree in cybercrime. I didn't take it. I studied business there for a year. Then I transferred to URI. The point is that there's that's what cops do, right? And I'm kind of off on a, a different subject here because I only had one listener. How you doing, Walter? So anyway, I was just about wrapping things up. Walter, and I'm, I'm eventually going to post this, but I was just wrapping up some subjects I've been talking about in the past. You see my posts, We the People. And so speaking about it's a big club and we ain't in it. Where are the police when we need them? With all the money, your Valdi, right? What's going on here? Why can't, I mean, that, that, uh, I don't need to cover all that. People know what I'm talking about. How did that ever happen? I mean, we have parents who are trying to get through the police line to save kids, their own kids. I don't. I find it unfathomable that a police officer who has children and grandchildren would allow shooting to go on while kids are making calls. I mean, I'd risk my life. And I'm sure I can get a, a bunch of guys who'd storm that door and maybe one or two of us might get shot and with God willing, we'd survive. But we'd go, we'd crash that freaking thing and take that shooter out, right? There's no way we'd, there'd be this lapse of time and hundreds of officers, I forget the total, what was it, 350 out officers? And finally, it was Border Patrol who went in or something? I don't even, I don't know. The whole thing is, how can this have happened? Right? 
I don't know what happened. I mean, you, you get it, like, it's just perplexing. And so I was making an allegory. I'm saying, if these parents of Sandy Hook were harassed for years and threatened, where are all the arrests? What were the police doing to protect them? Where was the, the, the feds would have pumped money in there along with people would have donated from around the world for squad cars, for unmarked cars, for for money to hire new cops, overtime, whatever it took, surveillance cameras, you know, whatever needed to be done, motion detector lights, motion detector, or, or I should say, um, audio uh, uh, type monitors, you know, that are sound activated, whatever it took, right? Let's see. Let me see. I'll read. Hold on, brother. Let me read what you wrote. Yes, kind of crazy that they didn't storm. I, I, I don't see what. See, I'll say something to you, brother. Thank you for saying that. Um, is it the issue of chain of command? I'd say, as soon as I heard those shots, and I knew kids were still in there, I'd risk my life, and I know other guys would, and I'd risk my job. I'd say, screw you. I'm going in. Anyone with me or not? Right? You wouldn't allow that to go on. You'd, you'd give the you, you, who would who's going to hold you back at that point? You'd probably have a bunch of guys joining. Damn right. You can't make up your mind, chief. We're going in. You know. And not to mention, why doesn't every squad car that that would would patrol that? that, you know, be available for that school, with school shootings being an issue, have a, a um, what do you call it? A, um, the shield, the deflect bullets. What do they call that? You know what I'm talking about. Where it's, they can see through it and, um, yeah, it's just a deflector where, where the bullets get past. So, you, so you, why isn't that in every squad card that would arrive at a, at a school? When you know school shootings are the MO. Right? So how big's that town, Uvalde? And how was it there wasn't shields for the cops to storm the door, right? Imagine you have three guys with shields. The first one storms, the other two are behind them. And I don't know how they would do it exactly, but where who's firing as they're going. And they would have that all planned out. And I'm sure they've done exercises, that tabletop, and then they actually do the exercises. That's what they train to do. So this is un, this, this defies any explanation. And so when you start seeing stuff like that, you got to scratch your head. How long did that go on for? What's going on here? What? I don't know. I don't have answers. I have questions. And I have the same questions for Sandy Hook. Not the incident, because that was years before, but for what followed. Where was were the police to protect the parents? So they didn't get harassed. They didn't get threatened. You know, for example, like you've heard, we've all seen the movies. If there's a hostage situation, then there's surveillance, right? Electronic surveillance. And then they try and get the, the, the kidnappers. Well, certainly there's surveillance, you know, the, that should have and could have been used to protect the parents. So I, 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 this whole thing is perplexing. And so then one has to ask, why didn't it happen? And where are the arrests? Should be a slew of people arrested, according to reports, you know, of those who allegedly harassed 
the Sandy Hook parents threatened them, whatever. What's going on here? And then why wasn't the civil action taken as soon as possible to, to come up with a settlement that's going to thwart people from doing things that can get them sued? Where are we 10 years away and this is happening? This is very strange, right? Regarding the Sandy Hook issue. And I, I have to keep it under an hour. My friend tells me so it could be published. And if it goes too long, then the memory in my phone doesn't, you know, I, can't, I can't edit it, I don't know, whatever. So it actually runs through my buddy's electronics. He has a laptop and everything. So anyway, an hour and six minutes max or something. So I've covered all this before. If you want to see more about this, I'll leave it off here. But I've done two on Alex Schoen. What the heck's going on? Because I, I ask a lot of questions about the statute of limitations, about the maximum statute for defamation, about what's come down here, about what could happen going forward legally in the appellates. You know, and I'm not a lawyer, but I fought a lot of civil suits. I never lost a civil suit. I never lost an arguable motion for. I withdrew my lawsuits without prejudice, so there's no double jeopardy, so I could file them in federal. They'll have federal subject matter jurisdiction. I fought in the appellate, um, an appellate case. I had, let's see, I had probate. I fought in probate. I fought in family. I fought in housing. You know, it's just after I retired, I just got drawn into these things. And uh, so, I'm an, I'm disabled now. I got to get multiple surgeries before I can go forward. Can't walk hardly. I got I, I can't I can't I can't drive anymore. So the point I'm trying to say is, the Access to Justice Commission should assign me attorneys, but they won't because I'm fighting big power. And you know that is the point I'm trying to make is I'm an armchair lawyer, not really self-represented analyst, and I ask questions. By the way. That's what free, freedom of speech is all about, asking questions. And uh, unfortunately, they've got everybody frightened that they can't enter into a dialogue about certain things like like COVID, although that's loosening up now. But I got booted boot off Facebook for that. Unbelievable. What is going on? Since when is there one science? That's a whole other thing. Talk about it's a big club and we ain't in it. There's a nat naturopathic, uh, well, program at University of Bridgeport that has doctors, uh, uh, clinic. Uh, they have their own pharmacy for things, and they work directly with Yale and the Haven to develop integrative medicine. In fact, my doctor, when I was up at Yale getting brain MRIs, Aether Ali was a professor at UB, University of Bridgeport. Their integrative integrative program, and then Jenny Holdorf, uh, Aether died of cancer, unfortunately, just like Doctor Zelenko, and then Jenny Holdorf took over, and I was seeing her directly after Aether passed away because I had met her, and she's a professor at UB, and um, now she's in Utah, I think, she she went west, but I can call her, and and whatnot. But bottom line is, you know. This is madness, the way things are now. Absolute madness. So, okay. So I'm going to keep it under an hour. 
and thought I might get some callers or listeners, but not happening for whatever reason. And so I don't mind. I'll just do my thing, keep on top of the AJ uh, trial, try and learn more about the uh, appellate process, Catbuster, and in uh, Connecticut, the Connecticut Unfair Trade Practices, CUTPA, the Connecticut Unfair Trade Practices Act that the attorneys intend to use here in Connecticut. I don't know how that's going to work, but they're going to try it because in Connecticut, defamation is limited to legal fees and court costs. You can't have a huge settlement for defamation here in Connecticut. It's just the way the statutes are written. You can have compensatory damages, which is actual losses. You know, you got to supposedly show receipts to prove it. Like, you know, you, you weren't able to work, the doctor's bill, then you couldn't pay your rent, whatever the compensatory damages would be. It's based on numbers and accounting and whatnot. And then the tort of, of defamation is uh, punitive. But it's weird here in Canada, very conservative. Because that way it protects businesses. See, because normally, you know, damages and def- damages are usually involved with uh, lawsuits involving businesses and stuff, and sometimes personal. So here, of course, the elite are protected. So and there's, it's just limited, limited totally to uh, what I said. So apparently the attorneys are going to try and use the Connecticut Unfair Trade Practices Act because that doesn't have a cap on defamation. So I'm just trying to discuss the logistics here of the proceedings. And that's what they're going to use in Connecticut. You could look up the Connecticut Unfair Trade Practices Act and see how that might apply. To me, it's completely confusing uh, because I don't know how that's going to apply in this matter. I really don't. I, I, I don't know if there's any precedent for it, if it's ever been done before. I don't think it has, but I don't know for sure. I only found, I mean, I, I've spent a lot of time searching and reading and the, the, uh, uh, the cap buster can only be done in the appellates and that I got a tip off from a guy, North Squatch. And then the, um, the cutba thing I learned just from, you know, stumbling on it in one article, but I read a lot of articles just so, we're, you know, it's not like there's a lot of transparency. What's going on here. You got to, really, really read and research. So I thought I'd I'd share that, you know. So anyway, um, so you can read about CUTPA, the Connecticut Unfair Trade Practices Act, and how that might apply here. You know, it's normally about businesses that operate unethically, Unfair Trade Practices Act, you know. But I don't, I mean, I know it's free speech media, whatever Alex Jones calls it, but I don't think it's, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how they apply it and what they come up with and what the explanation is. But normally it's like if a business that violated contract, say you had a contractual, you know, written oral or verbal contract with a business, you know, it's something that's implied and they completely violate the contract and it's an unfair trade practices act and it costs you money. You know, but that's a that's under contract. There's a type of contract there. I don't know that they can argue there's a contract when somebody. Well, look at Tucker Carlson, right? Here's an example of something called a prior case. 
right? That sets up what's a precedent. You know, some people might call it a pro forma where Tucker Carlson was sued for defamation and his legal team's argument when, when they got it thrown out was that nobody would take him seriously as a news program, as the news, that he's entertainment and he's an actor. Did you catch that? So one would think that, and he was sued for defamation and the, the, the judge threw it out. Or didn't find in favor of the, the, the plaintiff, let's say. I shouldn't say threw it out. Basically, the judge dismissed it, that there was no liability because he upheld the argument that Tucker Carlson's show is not news. It's entertainment. And no one would take it seriously as news. That makes Tucker Carlson an actor. Now, does Tucker Carlson say that about himself? No, he postured himself like he has authority, he has insight, and he's bringing newsworthy stories. But when they get into court, it's like the Twilight Zone. You see? And legal arguments come up and, you know, you're like, huh? That doesn't, okay, whatever. It doesn't make sense to me. I think the person who sued Tucker Carlson for defamation should should have an opportunity to have their day in court and have a jury trial because it's over 20 bucks. According to this, I believe it's the Seventh Amendment, you're, you're entitled to a jury trial. But you get these weird decisions by judges that you got to scratch. It's all about money. It, the courts are corrupt. It's all about money. And who has the power? You know? So anyway, so uh, where was I? Um, so I covered most, most of the talking points already. And uh, two other videos I did. And I was just wrapping up to get it to an hour here. And I got to stop because um, I don't exceed the memory time and of, of, of the capacity uh, and uh, and we can get this thing published. So if Shaw decides it's worthy, my partner, my manager, in the people's corner, hailing from Corrupticate, the unconstitutional state, the Italian, used to be Stallion, Clydesdale, <laughs> Over and out.